You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast. says we'll go back one hour or forward one hour. The 
sun rises every day at the same time and sets at the same time, according to God's order. Now, you would not know that if you listen to some of the so-called scientific experts today, though. You know what they say. NASA tells us the universe was created sometime between 10 billion and 20 billion years ago from a cosmic explosion that hurled matter in all directions. How do you get order out of that? You can't. You see, Berkeley, the scientists there, talked about the Big Bang Theory that states that sometime in the distant past, there was nothing. Nothing. A process known as vacuum fluctuation created what astrophysicists call it a singularity. I don't know what that means. From that singularity, was which was about the size of a dime, the universe was born. Does that make sense to you? The University of Michigan, their science department, says this. About 15 million years ago, a tremendous explosion started the expansion of the universe. This explosion is known as a Big Bang. At the point of this event, all of the matter and energy of space was contained at one point. What existed prior to this event is completely unknown and is a matter of pure speculation. This occurrence is not a conventional explosion, but rather an event filling all space with all the particles of the embryonic universe rushing away from each other. Rushing away from each other. And somehow they came back together, I guess. I don't know. You know what I say? That's a bunch of nonsense. Nowhere in Scripture does God try and prove to anyone that he is the creator of everything. Nowhere. Because he is. assumes that it would be a waste of time for man to see a, a watch and recognize that there was not a watchmaker who made it. Right? You go get a watch and, and you know somebody made it, right? It's beautiful. It's something, you know, you get a, I don't have one of those big fancy watches. I just have one that kind of looks that way, but it's not that really that expensive. But I know when I look at it, somebody created it. In the same way, all the precision and how it keeps time exactly and all these things. When we look at the world around us and everything that just goes right and just goes perfect in order, we understand somebody had to create this. It just didn't happen. Right? God created it. God created it. Why do people believe in all these other theories that men I mean, I'm talking about more faith than maybe even you and I have to believe that Jesus Christ came as the Son of God and was born as a virgin and, and died and rose again. That, that takes more faith to believe that the world started from a dime. Have you ever wondered why, after all these years, the theory of evolution is still considered a theory and not a law? Have you ever wondered? 
before anything becomes a law, it has to go through three stages. Number one, first it has to have a, 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 a hypothesis. That's an educated guess. And then secondly, it, it becomes a theory, and that is it has some evidence to support the hypothesis, but it hasn't been proven completely yet. And then ultimately, that it may become a law. Before something can become a law, it has to be proven to be fact. And as you know it, and I know it, as we read our, our, our biology books and other things like that, it's still the evolutionary theory. It's not the law. The law of gravity tells us, so you throw something up, what happens? Now, if you throw something up, it doesn't come down every 90% of the time, does it? It doesn't, you throw something up, it doesn't come maybe, maybe 70% of the time? No. If I, if I drop this piece of paper, it's going to drop every time. That's law. Right? That's the law. Why do Christians believe in creationism? Because we put our faith and trust in the inerrant Word of God. Amen? We put our faith in the inerrant Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says this, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. At God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that we can that, that can be seen. In other words, there was nothing, but then God said, Let it be, and there was. That's how awesome God is. When God created the universe, he put everything in perfect order, everything, even the tilt on this world, so that we wouldn't freeze or burn up at, at any one time. Because if we it was just tilted just a few degrees, half the world would burn up and half the world would freeze to death. Because it's an exact and the right tilt. None of that happens. That's the God of order. Amen? Hallelujah. Perfect order. God is a God of order, and He has worked out all the details in creation, and everything that works in, 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 in the way it's supposed to work is because God is a God of order. The more we become like Him, the more our lives will become orderly. Right? Instead of being in constant chaos, because there's a lot of families in constant chaos. Half the police calls we have in, in our, our country today are going to take care of disorderly conduct. A lot of times it's in the homes of people. Right? Yeah. We need to be like him. The text in our, that we pulled up this morning and using this morning, the text is at, at the church of, of Corinth. And the church in Corinth was in disarray. And that's why Paul, in a little later in the service, we're going to have a communion. And he had to set them in order because that was totally out of order. God is a God of order. He, the confusion and chaos are not a part of who God is and should not be a part of God's people. God is not a God of disarray or disorder, but a God of peace. Amen. God wants to add order to our lives. And let me give you just a couple of areas this morning where he wants to add order in our lives. Can I do that? Number one, he wants to do our marriages. God's word tells us that we, when, 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 we, when he looked down and saw Adam was alone in the garden, Genesis 2.18, it is recorded that he said, it is not good for man to be alone. How many men would say, amen? 
not good. What inspired the God of heaven to say such a thing? Evidently, when he saw Adam in the garden, he felt Adam was not complete. Adam was not complete. So what did Adam do? God do? He said, I will make him a helper who is just right for him. Just right for him. And in God's wisdom, remember, he is wisdom, all wisdom. In his wisdom, he created marriage. But when you look around and see all the messed up marriages in in the land, you would think it was one of the biggest mistakes God ever made. I want to remind you when God saw Adam alone in the garden, He said, "It is not good for man to be alone." This is not only a spiritual fact; it is a scientific fact. It has been proven that over the years that married married men live longer than single men. That's why you have a lot of old geezers around here. Most men would not argue with that fact. They, they know how they depend on mama's cooking, don't you? And mama's keeping, and mama's remembering. Where, when you say, where did I put that? And the wife always has the answer, doesn't she? Seriously, the reason so many marriages are in trouble across the nation is because people don't know this God of order. They don't know this God of order. Things aren't so big. Things aren't so crazy. When, 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 when you put God first in the life of your marriage and your, your home, God wants couples across the, the America and across the world to be in order. You know why? There's a couple reasons. Number one is that we, we are role models to our children about marriage. Role models. It isn't too difficult to see why children are confused today. I mean, think about it. When we have teachers teaching from a book by Leslie Newman called Heather Has Two Mommies, no wonder we've got confusion. Or, or having our, our children today reading from a book by Michael Wilhoit called Daddy's Roommate. We got confusion in the land. And we're confusing our, our children. And if those teachings don't confuse them enough, they come home uh, to a traditional family only to find mommy and daddy fussing and mussing and arguing all the time. And now they're thinking, what in the world's going on? What is a normal family? And then they go to church or Sunday school and they hear their teacher or pastor talk about the joys of married life. What is going on in their little world? Right? They have to be confused. Well, and mixed up and uh, signals that they're, they're hitting them from every side. From every side. When the little boy who came from a home where there was a lot of conflict heard his teacher say marriages are made in heaven. You know what he said? He said, yeah, so are lightning and thunder. That was his line. Marriages are made in heaven. But God wants Christians to learn how to live them here on this earth. In order and in peace. Christian couples need to ask the Lord to help them to have a happy marriage so that their children will be able to see what, what awaits them when they get to be grown up and they have a marriage in the family. We must not forget that little ears are always listening to everything we 
should not be surprised when their children grow up and they have the same kind of warped idea in their marriage. Someone once said, a mother may hope that her daughter will get a better husband than she did, but she is convinced that her son will never get as good a wife as she is. <laughs> Maybe you said that, Mom. Christians who are married should be role models, shouldn't they? Shouldn't your life be a role model to their children? They need to see the truth of God's word. It is not good for man to be alone. Christian couples should not be uh, should should be the role models to their children, but they also be also should be role models to society. To society, if husbands and wives come to know the Lord of the Bible, who is a God of order in their marriages, and be filled with the not be filled with chaos and, and confusion. We should testify to our children and to society. I mean, you live in homes in neighborhoods where you hear the arguing in homes. You hear the, the loud voices in other homes. You see them, at the, you know, just the other day I'm coming home and, and, and it seems like the same street always gets the police activity. Why does that same street get the police activity? Because there's some family in there. I don't even know who lives there, but there's some family in there where there's chaos all the time. It happens all the time. Our families as Christians should not be that way. We're testifying to a world that we serve a God of order. Amen? Secondly, through, through our money. What? Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says this. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. When Christ is, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. We see that the devil has brought confusion not only to marriages, but he has brought chaos and confusion to Christians in their money. What do you mean, Pastor? If you ask most people if they need more money without hesitation, everyone would say, yes. Right? Yes. Listen, the problem's not so much that the purpose that the people need more money, it's just that we need the more quit in the watching. It seems that the more we make, the more we spend. So no matter if you got a you know ten thousand dollar raise for the year, you're going to find ways to spend it all, aren't you? Yeah, you are. Why does Satan want to bring financial chaos into your lives, believers? There's a couple of reasons. Number one, it will affect your, you as a couple. Every marriage they get married, they look around and start looking at what 
example was, you know, that, that, that we, when we were pastoring in Fontana, the, the north end of Fontana, they built all these wonderfully big homes, and people could get in there at, at a good price, and, and a lot of young couples from this part of the California were moving out there and buying these homes, and I'd go visit them, and I'd go into their homes, and they had no furniture. They were newly married one or two years, and, 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 and they said, well, my parents who worked 30, 40 years to get the home they grew up in, I want a home like Mama had. So let's go to Fontana, we'll put a little bit of money down, move into this big, beautiful house, it looks nice out, outside, but we go inside and, and there's no furniture. So we're playing a game, aren't we? And we all, we, we, the battles happen, well, why can't I have this? Why don't I have it? I want what they have. And then we have problems in the marriage. letter in the mail that because now we have a house and, and, and we make a decent salary for, the, for this credit card that we can get and, and you're pre-approved for $5,000 credit at 7.5% and, and so we say, hey, free money and we go and charge everything. Next thing you know, you got a big, you got a mortgage bill, you got, you got a credit card bill and, 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 and it's chaos coming. Says you're in high water, you sign up and start the process all over again, thinking, I'm going to get out of this. And no, you're just deeper and deeper in the problem. If you consider your marriage to be something good and worth working for, do not let the devil cause chaos in your life by letting your outgo become more than your income. God is the God of order. Amen. He's a God society to have order and even in money to have order. But the second thing that the point of money is it will affect the church. There are couples all over this nation that are in financial uh, disarray. They cannot give to God's church like they know they need to and want to. So, so the work of God does suffer. It does suffer. They take money to pay bills that they know, I, I should give it to the Lord, I should give it to the kingdom of God, but I just can't afford to pay my tithe. And so you don't get the blessings that God wants to give to you because you don't give him what is his. You hear what I'm saying this morning? The devil who is the author of confusion has muddled up their finances so bad they cannot represent the God of the Bible, who's the God of orderliness. Not only does the kingdom of God suffer, but eternal rewards that are lost because they have not gained because they're not giving to the work of the Lord. You know, I truly believe when we take our, our miracle Sunday money um, 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 offering, that, you know, that that project for the House of Language Translation uh, is, is, is a small, small amount of, of that miracle Sunday. You're gonna, if you have, have you got the letter yet? No. Can I give you a free, free, free what is all one for? Okay, number one, eighteen thousand is going to keep to fulfill our, our forty-five thousand dollar commitment to the refugee project in, uh, in, in Africa. 
Syria, thank you. In, in Syria and Jordan. Okay, 1500 is going to the house of God. The remaining, because you don't know, some of you don't know this, but the state of California shut our shuttle down. We cannot run a shuttle anymore because of emissions. But here's a good thing. Can I tell you a good thing about that? We're going to bless American Indian College in Phoenix, Arizona with that shuttle. Hallelujah. Let me tell you the rest of the story. Because we can't get rid of it. We can't sell it here, you know? And, and we've been blessed. It's a 15-year-old bus. And, and so I just happened to call our missionary that we support that is a professor there. And he says, he got all excited. And, he, and the next thing you know, within 30 minutes, the president of the college is calling me. He said, brother, you don't know. We've hit the highest uh, uh, enrollment that we've had in ever at this college. And I just sent out a, a kind of a wish list to all of the Arizona district. And one of those things on that list was trans, transportation. And, and no church in, the, in, the, in, the, in Arizona even contacted me about this. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, you call us with this offer for transportation so that we can transport our 101 students wherever we need to take them. That's how God puts things in order. But whatever remains of that, and last year we gave over $70,000 in this, this Miracle Sunday offer. Whatever remains, we're going to move towards a new challenge. Hallelujah. So you pray. Put things in order. And let's do our part for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Can we get behind this? Yes. The God of this Bible is the God of orderliness, and he says, you, you shall not covet. As you don't let Satan come in and, and to have you love things more than loving your God. Things will not get you to heaven. Every one of us strives to live in, in, independently. The reality is no one is truly independent. I mean, completely. Everyone must depend on someone else for their existence, don't we? Even if you're single, you run into a friend or mom or dad or somebody, you know, you need to stand with me. I need your help. No one's ever alone or independent. Only God is completely independent of anyone or anything. All God is, he is himself. He needs nothing or no one. Listen, God does not pace back and forth in heaven. Oh, what am I going to do? Where am I going to get the resource? Where am I get this healing power for this person who has cancer? Where am I going to get this provision for this person who needs a financial uh, blessing? Where am I going to get that? I don't know. God doesn't do that. God says it, and it is. Hallelujah. God says it, and it is. He doesn't need anything. God doesn't pace back and forth. We need God, but God does not need us. God is infinite in every aspect. He needs nothing or no one. Yet this great God of order, order of all things he created, he wants you to come to know him in his greatness. In his greatness. Have you ever seen a father building something and the little son comes along or daughter comes along and he says, Daddy, can I help you? 
Dad can do it better. Dad can do it faster. But he allows the little child to take the turn of hitting that hammer and driving that nail. Right? Because he wants the child to have an opportunity to help the father. That's what God does. He could just say it and it becomes. He, he could just like he did with Moses and, and put the tablets together and here, brother, in, in, in Nigeria, here's a house of language Bible and, 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 and the library. He could just say it. for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.